0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get fifteen percent off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
1: Do you hear that, Katie? <laughs> Can you hear it? What? It's the sound of knowledge being shared. This is Be More Cleverer. If you enjoy this podcast, then you should find more things that we do at Be More Cleverer on Twitter and Instagram. And you should probably rate us and review us on your generic podcast app, which is absolutely most definitely... Five stars. Five stars. iTunes. Is it iTunes anymore? I don't know. (laughs) Why, hello Katie. Hello
2: Jackson. Well, wow, this is all right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hello. It's Be More Cleverer. Um, normally we record from our, uh, from our favourite pub, the Queen Adelaide, in Bethnal Green, in the heart of East London. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> he loves it when I say that. Um, but it's really sunny, so we decided to cheat on Queen Adelaide for the canal. We're, We're at at the canal. canal. We're
1: so, at London's Ring of Canals.
2: Surrounded by wildlife. You can hear them plucking away. It really is
1: a hive of activity oh, yeah. here, isn't it?
2: They're very loud. They're like the little birds around us and the chicks in the in the canal are really trying to get some air time. Listen
1: oh, I think that's a moorhen.
2: All right, get over yourself. <laughs> uh, so it's your turn to teach me today, right?
1: Yeah. Um. So I thought it's weird that we've never done this before, mm-hmm. and I managed to watch this a program on this topic right. not too long ago, and I was obsessed with it. Okay. So I thought, yeah, it is absolutely time to pop a bottle. Stop it. We're about to learn about champagne.
2: Oh my god. Oh my gosh, you've actually got a bottle. It's a miracle that it's not Lamborghini. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I know what you drink.
1: Anyway, yeah, I thought we'd, we'd learn all about the
2: history of champagne. It's very us. I mean, it's 9am, but sure, crack up, <laughs> it really is. Is that we're recording this in the morning? But crack on. Also, you've brought about eight cups. Who's joining us? Is this for the for the ducklings? The
1: duck's new. <laughs> That's why I brought you here. Do you
2: want me to... Shall I do the honours? Shall I pop? Or do you... No, you do it. Go on. Hang on, actually. So you're about to pop this. This is a screw top. <laughs> Don't... I know what you're about to do. You were going to try and edit a pop sound. And you were going to try and <laughs> fool the listeners. Sorry, I can't do that. Can't do that to... <laughs> It
1: so is a screw top because it's a small bottle because it's 9am and I felt, um, <laughs> I felt embarrassed going in and buying a full bottle of that. Um, ooh, listen to that fizz.
2: Don't, stop trying to get sounds out of it. You can hear the screw, you fraud. <laughs> right, go on, pour me up. I don't think this is the first time that we've poured <laughs> alcohol on this podcast, from I what I remember. Pretty sure the Hogmanay episode. Yes. We were on the whiskey, weren't we? Any excuse? Anyway. Champagne, but we're drinking Prosecco. Cool. (laughs) I'm teaching you all about history of champagne, my darling. Amazing. This is important. My nana will love this. This might be finally what gets my nana to listen to the podcast. She loves champagne. Um, So you're going to try and pretend this is a clink? Clink. These are plastic cups. Plastic cups. Right, go on then. (laughs) So,
1: champagne, hey. I'm going to take a quick sip. (laughs) Oh, it is refreshing champagne.
2: Mm. Oh, sweet nectar.
1: So, Casey, I just want to let you know that Champagne is actually a region first before it's a drink.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's somewhere in France, right?
1: It is. Yeah, it's, it's north of Paris.
2: No, okay. That's well north, then. Yeah. Jogged me.
1: <laughs> it's well north. Because
2: <laughs> Paris is quite north, right?
1: And the region of Champagne has been the setting of many dramatic events in France. history. Really? Well, history. people getting drunk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On the lash. Probably my nana. That's how all of these <laughs> dramatic events have started. It's, yeah.
1: Um, it was... The region of Champagne was the chosen path of mm-hmm. many invaders right. coming through Western Europe. Right. So um, you might have heard of an invader called Attila the Hun.
2: Yes. Don't know much about Attila the Hun.
1: Apart from the name, important.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the Hundred Years' War and the Thirty Years' War also brought destruction to the region because everyone would, like, bloody ram through it. Mm-hmm. And that bloody Champagne, those grapes were well and truly stamped on A and destroyed. A um, and by the 17th century, the city of Rheim. What? Rheim, How do you spell that? R e i m.
2: R e. R e i m. Okay.
1: Uh, had seen destruction seven times, and yes. Epirne uh-huh. no less than 25 times in the region of Champagne. <laughs>
2: yes. Please say it. Champagne.
1: Champagne. So, Katie, the last place I think you'd expect our bubbly friend to have come from. Are the monasteries and the monks,
2: the monks, the monks, they weren't on the lash, were they?
1: Well, not in the way that we get like a cab sav or a Pinot Grigio,
2: <laughs> okay?
1: But uh, they made money by producing wine, right? But didn't think of it as like a serious money making scheme, they did it in a kind of religious sense and it was like, okay, holy wine, etc. But until the French Revolution in 1789, right? Before the mid. 1600s, uh-huh. there was no champagne as we think of it now. Imagine. So, we owe a lot to this man as the inventor of champagne. Do you okay. know who I'm going to say? No. I think you might have heard of this name. Uh-huh. Dom Perignon. Dom Perignon! Yes. Yes. So, he not was... Lam-
2: not Mr. Lambrini. <laughs> not Mr. W <WKD>. K. Trisha
1: Lambrini. <laughs> Trisha. No. Hello,
2: Patricia Lambrini. Hello,
1: I'm Patricia Lambrini. Patricia Lambrini. I'm a cherry Lambrini. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Don Bonion was a monk and he had duties,
2: oh including
1: gosh. the management of the wine cellars. What a
2: great bit of knowledge. Loving this.
1: Cool, right? The bubbles in the wine, I just want to let you know this, uh-huh. is a natural process of fermentation. Okay. And Champagne's cold climate. And short growing season of um, grapes, mm-hmm. so all those things combined. When that's bottled up, creates fermentation and the fizz that we get. Oh,
2: so they don't chuck carbon in? They don't carbonate it? No. Okay, I used to work with Coca-Cola, guys. Just uh, a little we
1: bit of get sand, it. A little bit. When are we gonna get a Coke episode?
2: <laughs> Sounds a bit dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Carry on. So
1: anyway... <laughs> just out, so you know, kids. Out of necessity, the grapes were picked late in the year and obviously still are because champagne is still made in mm-hmm. the region of Champagne. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't leave enough time for the yeasts in the grape skins to convert into sugar and juice. So this is, you know, very technical. We just want to drink it. But it's a short-growing season. Grapes can't ripen quickly enough, which means that they ferment when bottled. Okay?
2: Do you know... When we started this podcast, I didn't anticipate that we'd get so broad with the knowledge that we reached that we'd be chatting about grape skins. <laughs> and yet here we are, here sat we on are. a canal, surrounded by ducklings, chicks, talking about grape skins. Carry yeah. on. And
1: yeah, the number of times we've kind of drunk wine as well and just not thought about it. You <laughs> <laughs>
2: can't remember it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so. I just want to let you know that, that that fermentation process creates carbon dioxide, which now becomes trapped in a bottle, uh-huh. creating the sparkle. I see. Dom Perignon died in 1715, but he laid down the basic principles still used in champagne making today. What a G. What an absolute fizzmeister.
2: <laughs> fizzmeister general.
1: Champagne as, a, as an industry, as a... Brand uh-huh. very much changed um, thanks to Louis the Fifteenth. What did he do? He allowed the transportation of wine in bottles in 1728. So I don't know. Okay, why so that wasn't you could um, you could
2: export it. You could export okay. it. Okay. Thank you, Louis. Louis the fifteenth.
1: Louis the fifteenth. Thanks, Louis. A year later, Runa, Runa I would say. Runa. Runa became the first recorded champagne house. Okay. The first ever recorded...
2: What does that mean? Like a brand?
1: So yeah, if we think we're going to get some of our favourites very soon. But I think in terms of making it for the sole purpose of selling champagne mm-hmm. as a product. By 1735, there was a royal court order to dictate the size, shape and weight of champagne bottles. So that's why they are in the bottle shape that they are. Mm-hmm. And the size of the cork they could use and what could how they were wrapped in the foil on the uh-huh. top. So that's all... I find it interesting where all that stuff kind of comes from. Uh-huh. That was all dictated by a royal court order in France. Oh. Weird, right?
2: Yeah, that's kind of mad. So the reason they look... That's like th- the most important... That's what they had not much else going on throughout the champagne. Cool. appreciate it.
1: So, another one of your favourites, my darling. Yeah? In 1743, we meet Claude Moet.
2: <gasps> right. Okay. I know something about this, but carry on.
1: Ooh, interesting. So, in 1743, he established what is now the largest champagne house what the now? House of Moet
2: House of Moet Enter House of Moet
1: <laughs> um, A little process called degorgement was first practised in 1813
2: That sounds horrible That sounds like torture What is it?
1: It was perfected in 1818 by another one of our friends Widow Clique
2: Clique <laughs> Off of Vove.) <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Clico was a cellar master. Uh huh. He developed the process of riddling the wine in order to get the sediment of dead yeast cells
2: mm-hmm.
1: out mm. of the neck, so it could be removed without yeah. affecting the lovely, the lovely fizz.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh! Oh, so gosh. we're by the waves. Oh, what a gush! <laughs> oh my god, we're drowning, Katie! <laughs> it's all the champagne flowing. It's that, like easy mad to the canal. We might not make it, guys. Yeah, is that a
1: condom? And a Capri Sun.
2: Like, you think that's a condom? Look at the size of it. It's one of mine. Ah.
1: So the process of degorgement meant that um, a lot of the gas that was lost was saved. So that pop really, really... Can't stop. Couldn't stop. Okay. Uh, who do you think said this, Katie? hmm Remember, gentlemen, it's not just France we are fighting for. It's champagne.
2: Um,
1: one of our friends at the podcast. Winston Churchill. Yes!
2: Yeah, I, yeah classic Churchill.
1: World War I again brought devastation to the region. Mm-hmm. As did World War II, of course. The early months of the war saw a rapid German advance into northern France uh-huh. and, of course, thus into the region of Champagne. Okay. By 1915, they were driven back north to the city of Grim. 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 The enormous caves beneath Grim that were used for the storage of Champagne became shelters for people to hide.
2: Right. Why are they keeping the champagne?
1: Exactly. So it saw a, a steep, steep decline. Mm-hmm. The years after the Great War, mm-hmm. as, you know, as friends know it, <laughs> were very difficult. Prohibition in the US, the revolution in Russia, and the Great Depression all meant that champagne suffered tremendously. Okay. It also meant that it was no longer considered a luxury product, as, as traditionally it's seen oh. as very glamorous, isn't it? and For the rich like you.
2: Glamazon
1: over it. Uh, Yeah, champagne houses stopped buying grapes and everything kind of went... The champagne market crumbled. Oh, man. But the ending of Prohibition in 1934 and the end of the war saw the industry turn around and post-war was the highest sales of champagne ever.
2: Celebrating. So that's when it... Is that when it became like a celebratory thing, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Oh, that's quite... (laughs) Cheers. People, People... cheered that
1: um, <laughs> the region was safe and ah. rebuilt and <coughs> prosperity lived that's
2: on in, that's good knowledge so it wasn't really a celebratory thing before the war no I see okay
1: there you go that's champagne
2: amazing it's nice to know about this thing that I I'd love to say that this thing that I drink so much but I really don't Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I drink Prosecco or Carver depending on what's on offer I
1: brought my boyfriend's family some champagne after he graduated Uh huh. and Have champagne isn't like the same, what I've noticed isn't the same in America. So
2: yeah, your boyfriend's in America, right? so yeah.
1: He's an American, and
2: I don't think it's like
1: a hugely drunk
2: thing. Oh,
1: because I I I, I bought it because I thought uh, maybe it's like a nice thing to do. And yeah, it's it, it's like it's a nice gesture. Typically, it I don't I don't think it because also it, it wasn't the greatest tasting one because I think when you <laughs> get champagne, there's an assumption that it's going to be lush, lush.
2: Do you know what? Now that you say it, my, my reference point, whenever I think, do they do that in America? I think, have I seen it happen in Friends? And now I'm like, I can't imagine, I can't picture them popping champagne in Friends.
1: I think I think there's only one time they pop champagne. And I think that's Mo- Monica and Channa's engagement.
2: Okay. They want
1: to toast at, at a posh restaurant. They never actually get there, obviously, because the sitcom ensues. But yeah.
2: <laughs> it ensues. I feel like potentially a Mr. and Mrs. Geller's... Um, uh, anniversary, yes. potentially, where um, Alec Baldwin takes many mental pictures. <laughs> he might When was champagne. But any, anyway, sorry. Carry on.
1: When was your first taste of the nectar?
2: Oh, I think probably straight out the womb. My <laughs> nana loves champagne. It's like her thing. She loves it.
1: Does she? Yeah,
2: yeah. We talk about it a lot. She loves a bubble.
1: We all love a bubble. Yeah, Are you ready for a bubble quiz?
2: I think so. And it's really like, it sounds, it makes it, makes it sound like my... Family are well fancy. We're really not. Nana just loves. She just loves the Nana
1: champagne. Nana loves the fizz. we a tugboat's going past. Right then, Katie and you at home. If you want to take part in this <laughs> pop quiz, irony.
2: Get your pause button ready. Get your pen and paper, or your iPhone notes section. Do your iPhone one.
1: notes section. Okay. Your iPhone
2: notes. are very modern.
1: <laughs> Question one. What is champagne named after?
2: Uh, the region in France, north. North of Paris, in fact. Correct. Correct.
1: Yes. What can we credit Don Perignon with?
2: Creating champagne. Yes. Yes.
1: Name three champagne houses. I know this is going to be easy for you, Katie, but uh, use at use home.
2: Don Perignon, uh, Vauve, Clicot, and Moet.
1: Moet and?
2: Moet and... B- I can't... Uh, Chandon? Yes. 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 Correct. Ah. Uh,
1: which English Prime Minister was a huge fan?
2: Churchill. Sorry, I need to be slower. I'm allowed for the pause. Soz.
1: And when did Champagne see its highest sales?
2: After the war.
1: Correct. That is, is five that all out of of five.
2: It? Oh, my God. I think that's the highest <laughs> score I've ever got.
1: Of course it is. You I succeed on a Champagne-based quiz. I love a... Quiz.
2: Oh, that is... I was so happy about that but I do feel like I've learned a lot one thing which you didn't mention that I know because Ooh. I had it in a pub quiz once w- with our, our mutual friend Liam and I think he got the answer to this um, was what does brew mean mm. in the context of champagne and it means dry or just in alcohol general, I think brew means yeah it does it doesn't that elude. is another thing and that is what my mind went to when you said we were doing champagne. And we got that question right because of Liam. So that's a little bit of bonus knowledge for you. Yes. Yes. Yes, champagne. Um, okay, so, I mean, we nearly finished these. Go to, go to the office. Yeah. Get ourselves another bottle. Get
1: another bottle. It's important to do that. WKD. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're never, never going to fork out for actual champagne. Come on.
2: No. 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 That
1: was a fun one. I learned so much because I taught myself. Katie taught me nothing. Uh, if you liked it, show us, tell us, give us love, rate us, maybe five stars, and review us. We like a review. And you can follow us, like we said, on Twitter and Instagram, at BeMoreCleverer, just to find out what other titting nonsense we get up to. If you've got something to say, ask us literally anything, hello at com for any general inquiries, basically.